Alrighty, it's Sunday morning, almost afternoon. Well, still Sunday morning, we still have an hour to go. Fox trying to get a foxhole, season six, episode eight, 168 overall. Your faithful host, Ken Harlan, coming to you from Eagle's Nest 2 Studios. We're in the A room today. Beautiful Sunday, watching this, the Premier League Summer Series. But more on that in a second. As usual, we thank the folks at www.purpleplanet.com and Mixler for their tunes using the podcast. Our usual shout-out to the folks at Road and Zoom for providing wonderful tools for content creation for people like myself across the world. You want to be on the podcast or sponsor it? We'd love that. F-T-I-N-F-X at gmail.com. Definitely you should come on the podcast, though. We've got somebody signed up to finally talk some baseball. We just got to make sure we're not lazy and let that connection get away from us as they were gracious enough to come visit us from Florida last week. It was good to see them after about six or seven years. But yeah, so, you know, hopefully as we move into the fall, we'll bring Alex back on, talk a little football. NBA, anybody else that wants to talk a little sports and whatnot, please do. All right, folks, let's get into open face as I'm watching the Premier League Summer Series, Ashton Villa and Brentford 3-3, it's been back and forth. You know what irritates me? All these games that are going on in the States and globally as you know, teams are on their world tours to make sure fans globally get a chance to see them they would never otherwise unless they make a trip to merry old England or other parts of Europe to see their favorite European teams or UEFA-based teams. Back in the day, we get to see so much content. Now we hardly see anything. And you know I've bitched about this a lot in the past. But this ever... There was never-ending quest to get everything on a streaming platform and just nickel and dime everybody to death. Don't you find it irritating? I mean, there's like another match here, and now that they've cut us off of Peacock, or most folks, you know, Peacock used to be an added bonus for Comcast users, but no, we're going to see if we can nickel and dime you a little bit more. We don't get to see the next match, which is Chelsea. And I forget who it is, but I'd rather see Chelsea than these two. And I could, and I would be remiss if I didn't say, gee whiz, kind of weird to see people in FedEx, because that's where the two games are being played, although I, I suspect more people will show up for Chelsea afterwards. A lot of things, cool things going on over there on land over these days. We'll get to that in the NFL report, though. Okay, let's drop into open face for real. How about Mr. Kelsey making all kinds of headlines this week? First, he doesn't get the swift lane treatment. And no, I'm not talking access control. We're talking about T-Sizzle. I guess he sent her a friendship bracelet which she wanted no part of. Just like, I ain't got time for this. I'm like the biggest thing in the country right now. Why do I care? You're just a buffoon. And then, getting into fights with teammates? Apparently, I must not be the only one that's tired of his buffoonery. (laughs) 
And he says, well, I have to be a better teammate. At this point, do you really consider that you're getting ready to go for back-to-back through championship in X amount of years? Stop it already, man. As Kyle Petty said, you don't get to be the victim here, Travis. Sorry. But how about T-Sizzle? Outdoing the Hawks and the Noise Factor. I don't know, was it during Shake It Up or one of those songs when they were playing at Lumen? How, you know, when people start making noise like with Beast Mode, it causes a mini earthquake. Hers was louder than what's happening at a Seahawks game. Now, I know Taylor's got it going on, but wow, what's she doing out there is making the ground shake. You folks that are in there into her, let me know. FDINFX at gmail.com. I mean, seriously? I mean, I get it. I know some people who took their daughters and whatnot to the show at uh, Levi's, I think it was. And it's quite the event, but man, don't underestimate the power of T-Sizzle, apparently. Hmm. Okay, now the serious stuff. This week, the sports world... Got a scare, particularly if you're a USC Trojan fan or a basketball fan or a bronze sexual, as they call them. But his son, Bronny, suffering cardiac arrest. And if it wasn't for the heroic actions of the USC medical staff, we could be having a very wild outcome here that would be the worst possible. I mean, without getting too dramatic about it, Point being is, he was able to get treatment. He's back home. I'm sure you've seen pictures of him playing the piano, looking good. I don't know what this means for his future. You know, as we've seen with folks like Hank Gathers and Reggie Lewis before that, and, and many others as well. In terms of Willie, this is just a, a freak event? Or is there serious problems under the hood that may force, you know, a, a promising career to rail before it even gets started. You know, and the whole idea of him being able to play with his dad, you know, those are not the most important things. You know, the main thing is this young man's health, and that he's able to, you know, leave a, live a productive life, you know, basketball or not. But it is, you know, a pretty scary thing. But, of course, it wouldn't be, you know, a tragedy like this without the folks the COVID whack job, as I like to call them, taking every opportunity to say, see, if he hadn't got the jab, he wouldn't be in this position. And all these other healthy folks that are all of a sudden having these conditions. You know, as I've said on this podcast, eight billion times, do you whack jobs really believe folks in their late teens, early 20s haven't had these issues prior to COVID? It's just now all of a sudden you're paying attention and you have something to keep your half-baked conspiracy theories alive. I mean, come on, folks, knock it off. I mean, it's just a crazy, crazy stuff. You know, speaking of LeBron, how about the OutKick crowd? And I guess, you know, a series of what we're going to call this week, Fair or Foul, this is number one. So apparently his... What is it? I think is it called Promise School? In Akron, is having some issues and just basically that the kids are not getting good scores in like reading and math. You know, I bet I think this is across the board as students have struggled to 
emerge out of the post-COVID malaise that happened. You know, obviously you're at home getting a chance to play on the S Xbox or PS5 or your Quest 2 and other whatevers. And so, yeah, I, but I wonder is it fair or foul? Because it's just that anytime there's something negative, OutKick has to sort of like point it out. And, okay, I'm going to be in the middle lot in this one. Because if it is a promise school, or that's what I think that's what it's called, or pride school, I think it's promise. You would like to think that they are excelling in the classroom. Isn't that what the purpose is? To give folks a chance as opposed to giving them a safe landing spot. It's more of a chance for success. And, you know, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but they're not really good in terms of, you know, the aptitude that some of these students are performing at. So I think, yeah, kind of pointing that out, but I also would like to hope that you would also correlate that with what's going on nationally with your test scores in the post-COVID era. And it just seems too opportunistic for OutKick to sort of find something like this and pounce all over it. And so because LeBron's playing basketball, he's not there to oversee. And let's remind ourselves that LeBron did leave to go to the NBA after high school. So as far as being a master of the academy, that's not necessarily happening. So, yeah, I, I think it's a little above. I mean, I wouldn't have known about it, but I just didn't like the way OutKick sort of was gleefully like going, here, here's another LeBron failure. I don't see OutKick, you know, providing, you know, the resources, you know, for the next group of COVID wackos that's, that so pandered to that website and forming a school there. So, eh. okay, enough of that. And speaking of, you know, the whole COVID thing, since we don't do the COVID Chronicles anymore, how about, you know, at the FIBA under-18s, there's a massive uh, viral outbreak that's going on. And of course, as always, nobody's saying what kind of outbreak it is. Is it some kind of flu that we don't know about or want to talk about? Or is it co one, another example of, yeah, you know, we have a COVID outbreak. We're just trying to, to tone it down so we don't cause panic. It is really interesting, as we've been talking about on this podcast now for like three years. Well, maybe more like a year and a half. You know, we did the COVID Chronicles segment for almost three years. But as COVID has kind of waned, we've been more, you know, intrigued with how now we're in a situation where it does happen. It's really downplayed. And I'm not sure what the ramifications are because people are still getting it. You know, I had somebody close to me, you know, my mom just got it when she was coming back from the East Coast a few weeks ago. And so it's still out there. And I would like to think that instead of trying to hush it up, you would bring attention to that so people can be more vigilant. Ah, call me crazy. How about Mike Trico? Yeah, that Mike Trico. NBC fame, making all kinds of headlines this week, talking about he wasn't cranky, waiting for Al Michaels to retire or jump ship. But he said that when they were doing the Olympics, the most the much ballyhooed COVID Olympics, he was afraid he was going to get a false positive registered because of some of his negative coverage of human rights abuses in that country. 
which I think is really interesting. I mean, I don't know whether he's out of line, paranoid, or what, or all of them all combined. I mean, yeah, I'm kind of surprised that I don't think they would have given you a false positive. I figure they would have locked your ass up for a couple of weeks and made you think about some of the things you were saying. But obviously there was too much light on him you know, being one of the faces for NBC for any of that to happen. So for you to sort of drop that now, I don't know what point you were trying to get there, Mr. Trico. Huh. Okay. Then we've got, you know, another weird oddity. So the NFL is going to Pro Bowl. And the SJWs, Wokesters, and the Outkick crowd all had something to say about it. And that, why are we going to Florida, a state that hasn't necessarily been friendly to people of color, unless you're Latin, of course, but, you know, blacks in this particular case, and obviously folks in the Rainbow family, and if the NFL and Social Justice Initiative, why are they going to Florida? You know, and a lot of people were pointing this out this week in the various, uh, you know, websites that cover sports news. I thought that was kind of interesting as well, other than the fact that they have an incredible complex, as we know, with new COVID, where MLS, among others, you know, had their bubble and being close to Disney World. <sighs> Not everything has to get political, folks. You know, I, I mean, I, I get where you're coming from in terms of, you know, kind of choices, but that's reality in dollars and logistics. The fact that the Pro Bowl still even exists. Okay, how about my man Stephen A. Smith putting his foot in his ass again? I mean, first the MLS comment, you know, in the wake of Messi's success, saying that you can't take it too serious because MLS is a scrub league. Even if MLS is a scrub league, how the F would you know that? You don't watch it. You have no idea of the quality. And, you know, that's an ongoing peeve of mine. But then, basically calling out Kimmy K and her mom, basically calling her a prostitute and calling her mom the pimp. Now, while there may be some truth to that, you don't go on a podcast and say that, especially given their popularity and the power they possess. How you still have a job is amazing. Keep going down that road, SAS, and you're going to find yourself on the outside looking at doing a podcast, <laughs> and that's all you're going to have. Wow. How about this DJ Hernandez cat? Yeah, we've talked about him a little bit lately. Is this guy unhinged or what? I get you're traumatized about what happened to your bro, but boy, you're just angry at the world, throwing bricks at ESPN, fighting cops, smiling at mug shots. I mean, I don't know. Maybe, <laughs> maybe it's hereditary, or just damn man. I was part of a, I was part of a building empire and it got snatched away from us and I'm cranky. Hmm. Okay. So I told you last week about Tom Brady, you know, right? Wanting to join a, 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 an electric boat league. How about Baron Davis investing in a sailboat league? And this is a total WTH for me. Must be nice that there's so much flow going around that hey man, this it's a sailboat league. So it'll be on some streaming platform and someone will be watching. <sighs> okay, we'll close it out with this one. 
So I guess they had some announcements for you know the broadcast hall of fame. Yes, there's one for those sports broadcasters as well. And we find out that Ernie Johnson and Chris Collinsworth are getting the nod. And so am I uh, yeah or no nah on this one? Well, I think with EJ, yeah, that's a slam dunk. You know, you know, obviously how revolutionary TNT's pre and post game and halftime shows with the cast of characters. We've talked about that before. You know, that alone gets Ernie a nod. And all the other stuff that he's done with TNT, you know, right, and his family of networks over the years. Chris Collinsworth, yeah, not so much. You just happen to be in the right place at the right time. And we find, most people find you very annoying. You've had a solid career. You've gotten paid well. You were a decent player. Does that make you a broadcast Hall of Famer? I think not. All right, folks, we'll be back with a high view when we come back. Welcome back to the foxhole. I guess I have to like backtrack. The other game from FedEx is actually on broadcast TV. I'm not to backtrack that much because when it comes to depriving us by putting things on streaming platforms, but that's a nice bone. I was gonna think, why would you not have Chelsea more accessible? But unfortunately, the senior open, well, I wouldn't say unfortunately, because extra golf is good as well. Looks like it's heading towards a playoff, so it may be a minute, a hot minute or two before we get to see the Blues from FedEx. Uh, we're on the 18th, I guess, so we'll see. All right. Got my adult beverage. Had to stick it in the freezer because I forgot it was in my backpack. Um, Going to fly the drones again this week. Don't be too lazy to get myself out to Eugene Airport, you know, and... Get my hipster friends because they probably had a long Sunday or Saturday night. See, can't even get our words out. But we'll find the drones to get the high view above campus this week. Where do we start? Well, let's start off with Iowa's Kurt Ferentz. And we spoke a while back about the gambling probe that the NCAA was launching as far as suspicious activities at Iowa and Iowa State. And Ferentz came out this week and says he doesn't think many players are involved. But at the same time, he's unsure what investigators reveal. Got to play on both sides there. Meaning, <laughs> from how I see it at least, sure, not too many people were caught, but I won't be surprised if a real investigation shows there's widespread gambling on our campus with student-athletes. Ha! <laughs> All over the place. You know, we've been talking about this gaming thing, and I predict it may be at least number two this year as far as stories that dominate college sports landscape. This, I mean, I think the conference we line match we'll get into in a second, that's going to be the biggest one as we head to the new reality starting in the 2024-25 school year. Okay, 
So what else do we have? Well, apparently, Mr. Harbaugh, I know, looking kind of long in the tooth these days. It's amazing how he just aged overnight. So apparently, he is facing a four-game ban for recruiting violations. You know, this is during the COVID era when you were you were under another set of rules. And why am I talking about this? My ongoing rants about who is the NCAA to give anybody a four-game ban when they probably couldn't, you know, they, they couldn't enforce somebody getting an extra hot dog from a booster at this point. You know, I, I just, it's just really crazy how you have all these other shenanigans going on and yet you're going to give this guy a four-game ban for recruiting violations, what are we, you know, in the fall of 2020? Yeah. I mean, I, I think, because somehow schools feel they have to still, you know, prop the NCAA up, because that's the only thing that brings uh, a perception that things can be enforced and prohibited. They are going along with it because other. I know they know it's like that. We're talking about a very toothless organization at this point, so the whole thing just kind of makes my head spin. Okay, speaking of, how about this debate that kind of flared up this week about moving up the Ohio State Michigan game, as far as not making it part of rivalry weekend. Well, as bastardized as rivalry weekend is, you know, a big weekend in November, when, you know, traditional big matchups occur, I, for one, say, is it, much, is it a more attractive matchup any other time in the year? It's always going to put eyeballs on. And this is a great weekend, and it always has been. Why is the need to, like, ruin everything? In this quest, like, yeah, if we have it maybe in week one or two, it'll get more eyeballs. It won't get more eyeballs. It's Ohio, It's the Ohio State University in Michigan. So, if anything, in an era of receding traditions, can't we keep something? Okay, Mr. Manning inks his first NIL deal. That's right, Arch with a card company. I guess uh, a significant amount of the proceeds will go to charity. Like, that kid needs any money anyways. But my point here is the printing press regarding that kid is really about to get moving. And let me tell you, if Brawny can't play, this guy is going to be the NIL darling. Sorry, Olivia Dunn. We're not, even if you're making money, we are not counting you because you aren't any good at what you do. Well, I shouldn't say you aren't any good at what you do. You don't dominate like these two possibly could. You know, being blonde and having a nice behind only goes so far with me, okay? <laughs> okay, the real story this week. Colorado leaving the Pac-12 and going to back to the Big 12. Or, well, you know, they were in the Big 8. And... The domino effect is just the end of the, the, the Pacific Conference. As everybody, Paul Feinbaum, among those leading the charge, seemed to think. And as you know, a friend of the show, Andy G, and I have talked many times, 
This is all about Phil putting his money where his mouth is. If Phil would step in, pull Mr. K, push Mr. K to, a, to the side and say, go get me some coffee and, you know, uh, a, a bagel and let me fix this thing. This is over in five minutes. You know, for someone like Feinbaum to say that Colorado leaving means the Pac-12 is no longer a Big Five conference is absolute horseshit, okay? And to be truth be told, if this conference steps up, and maybe it hurts the Mountain West Conference by adding Fresno, San Diego State, UNLV, and Boise, this problem is solved. And all of a sudden, it isn't as attractive as having an SC or a UCLA in the mix. But let's face it, those two schools really haven't been moving the needle in recent years anyway. It's really been, you know, the Oregons and Utahs that have been making it happen. So, and you can't tell me those schools being on the back burner for so long wouldn't come to the conference hungry. Unlike Colorado, which basically got fat, didn't do a damn thing, didn't do anything really for its facilities, sure the hell didn't do anything on the football field. Sure, they were okay in basketball. You know, the Ducks can never go there and win. But this is not a big loss. The Buffs were supposed to bring the power of the Denver market. I think anybody would have a brain can see that never materialize. So now that they have Dion, who one year out of HBCU, we don't know really if his magic is going to work on this level. So let's not act like Colorado leaving is a big deal. UCLA and UCLA, because it is a Los Angeles market, and LA is LA. People, you know, yeah, they can keep pro football. Yeah, but now that pro football is back, it's beaming more than ever. LA is a strong market. Duh. And losing those two in the history, you know, especially the prestige that Troy brings to the table, that's a hit. But it's not fatal. And I do believe, you know, this is an area of opportunity. And I think if Phil puts some money in there and does what he needs to do, it's not like he's got it's, it's not like he doesn't have a shortage. Forget about trying to get the Blazers. Save this conference. Makes sense, yeah? So the Big 12 says it wants to get to 14, so they're snipping around. I mean, Oregon State has already come out and said, no, we're committed to the conference, and I would hope that, like, that Oregon does the same thing. But, yeah, I don't think this is the, the end of the Pac-12. I think the Big 12, we'll see. You know, they're, they're obviously going to poach. The ACC has come out this week and say that they are open to extending membership. Of course you are. With the behemoth, you know, Big Ten, and obviously the SEC squeezing you, you you have to do something. I don't know who you're going to attract on the eastern seaboard that's going to make your product more attractive. You know, maybe, I don't know, even when I think about it, it would have to be some incredible move with some cash instead of them not seeing there. I think you stick to what you've got and you'll be fine. Now, speaking of the ACC, and since I always talked about our friends from Florida who were, who were here last week, who are proud Tar Heel graduates, is Drake May the real deal? 
And so apparently he is the front runner from the Heisman. We talked earlier in the year about that there was lots of inducements for him to leave North Carolina via the transfer portal and get all kinds of NIL cash. Stuck to his guns and wants to remain at Tar Hill. Something we definitely applaud. Maybe it pays off and he brings the coveted Heisman to Chapel Hill. And speaking of, it makes me wonder. A lot of talk about the Seminoles this week. And like we talked about Miami in previous weeks, this is another program that at one point in time, speaking of Dion, was the cast me out under Bobby Bowden. But having guys like CWT, you know, that CWT, they've kind of fallen off the radar. They were kind of a surprise last year in terms of being respectable, but can they make that leap and become a player on the national scene this year? I think that is going to be one of the intriguing storylines of 2023. Okay, another week, another UGA player caught speeding. Yeah, isn't fame intoxicating? Well, the fact that they've got all this cash and everybody's got a fat whip, it makes me wonder, are these kids knuckleheads or do the cops have it out for them? I'm going to say the kids are knuckleheads. I get the feeling in Athens, they know what football has done for that university and that part of Georgia's profile. So I don't think they are overzealous and trying to bust these kids. I think these guys are knuckleheads. They've got money. They've got fat rides. And they're living their best lives. But once again, why ruin a good thing? We saw the kids who lost their lives in the lawsuit. We talked about that. Why put yourself in jeopardy? But, you know, I was young and stupid once, too. And I never had that going on. So, I don't know. Okay. Speaking of Oregon, they extend Dan Lanning after one year, which was okay, to 2028. Two things going on here. There's a little buyout going on. That's part of it. The other thing is, I think the Ducks realize they may have a pretty good find in Dan Lanning. And they don't want him running in case Kirby Smart somehow got lured by the NFL. Makes kind of sense. And I feel that the instability that we're seeing with the conference, it would be wise for Oregon to have a front of being solid and not having any weird clouds hanging over them as they continue to look at their prospects. I think it would be wise for them to stay in the conference, but let's not be naive here. You know, if there's a golden road that opens up, in spite of the Big Ten saying they're not really interested in adding anybody else, having, you know, the appearance of stability makes sense. And keeping Dan Lanning through 2028, even though he's only had one year, and the bottom could completely drop out, I think it's a reasonable gamble by the Ducks. All right, folks, I think that's what we've got going high above campus this week. Excited. We're almost in August, which means the, the clock is truly on in terms of like having some real fun with this segment. We'll be back with something you should probably know on the other side. 
Oh yeah, welcome back to the foxhole. It's kind of fooling around here. As Fulham and Chelsea are in commander's land, going through the tunnels. Should be an interesting afternoon. Well, the legendary Thiago Silva. Looks like he's wearing the captain's armband. All right. Time for one of our favorite subjects. Something you should probably know. Or things that happened in the sports world this past week you might want to know or perhaps care about. Well, we spoke briefly about the British Open. Mr. Harmon, spectacular performance, especially in adverse conditions. Closing it out, big win for the American, they're at 36. I just think it's inc the, 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 the takeaway here is him overcoming hecklers. You know, like pressure from the field. I mean, you know, Rom had a 63 on Saturday. It's basically saying, hey, man, I'm here if you're weak in the knees. But one particular salty fellow saying he didn't have the stones to, to win in Liverpool. And Harmon basically taking that and saying, oh, yeah, watch this, MFR. I mean, going up to somebody and saying, oh, man, you don't got the stems to win this. And then imagine the, guy, the, the look of that guy's face when the guy ends up, Harmon ends up winning by five. So props to you winning your first major and basically give flipping the bird to another obnoxious spectator. Can't we be better people? Hey, man, I spend my money. I can do whatever the F I want. Just because you think you can do that doesn't mean you should. Okay. So, Mad Max. That Mad Max. There's lots of Mad Maxes this week. But the, but when it comes to F1, we got like a, a five-spot grid penalty. And it didn't matter in the, as far as the Belgian Grand Prix goes. We'll talk a little bit more about that next week because I didn't get a chance to watch it or unpack it. But I'm just like, you can't stop this guy. As far as... IndyCar racing goes. How about, you know, Mr. Newgarden? Having an incredible season, and he had a banner weekend. You know, taking both races among the cornfields of Iowa. That was a great lead-in to that. We were outside watching that last Sunday. They walked into the cornfields. Interesting place for a big track, you know, and, you know, events. The creativity, as far as some of these venues goes, you got to like it. A lot of drama in the NASCAR circuit. Boy, I was talking about it. I mentioned, I made a brief reference earlier about Kyle Petty saying to Denny Hamlin, you're not the victim. As him and Kyle Larson were banging hard, Kyle Larson not happy, but Denny Hamlin getting his 50th win for Mr. Joe Gibbs and company, which is pretty impressive when you think about it. I mean, yeah, he's been on the circuit for a while. But you know, 50 wins is nothing to sneeze at. And providing a little drama is never a bad thing for that sport that at times, as we've said in the past, I know we need to get the corner man back on here. It's my fault. Maybe I'll reach out to him this week so we can have a, you know, a, a talk at this point in the season about auto racing. It would be kind of cool. So I'll make a note to myself because we do need an episode on that. But yeah, sorry I got sidetracked there. 
But, you know, seeing Kyle Petty almost have an aneurysm, you know, his post-race commentary, obviously, Larson not being happy, means we're going to probably have a few races here where that animosity is going to bubble over. And as I've said a million times before, that is not a bad thing. Gets us back to the NASCAR we all knew and loved back in the day. Not, no arguments here. Okay. In the awkward department, Russia, still up to no good as far as its shenanigans or tragedy, however you want to frame that, you know, with its tussle with Ukraine. Obviously, not really a favorite guest at the Paris Olympics coming up in about a year or so. So what's their response? They are going to have their own event about a month before the Olympics. And this is with only four nations. Republic of South Africa, even though it was better times there, not necessarily, you know, a favorite nation. Brazil, which I have no idea why they are. I get it with China. You know, you all were communist bros at one point. But what I find interesting is, what? No North Korea? It's like, you might as well invite them as well. It just seems really awkward at this point. And... I'm not sure how much traction, given that these Olympics are going to be crazy anyways, you know, with the performances. Yeah, we'll be keeping an eye on that as time goes on. And we talked about Katie Ledecky, though, know, last week, you know, not being able to have all the spotlight. What does she do? She bounces back with a win in the 1,500-meter freestyle for a 20th gold overall. And then once the 800-meter freestyle to surpass Michael Phelps with 16 individual medals. So props to her. What an amazing run she's had over time. And I'd like to see her get a little more shine for how dominant she's been. Okay. Of course, we have to always slide back over. You know, Sports Olympics coming up. And my suspicions and some of your suspicions, lo and behold, Olympic pool ball record holder, Thiago Braz, uh, Brazil, I believe it is. He gets a three-year ban for what? Oh, doping violations. As we've been saying all along, it's hard to trust anything in some of these competitions. You know... Going way, 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 way back, you know, to folks in the Eastern Bloc and their shenanigans. And when I, especially as I've been talking about it in this podcast for weeks, you know, people knocking five, six seconds off of the previous existing world record marks is not surprising. And you just, if you're being true to yourself, you know this stuff isn't on the up and up. And it's just a matter of the dumbasses who get caught because they haven't figured it out. Or they get lazy as far as masking whatever it is they're taking to give themselves that edge. Yeah. So, you know, the true of France, we talked about that. Mr. You know, Vengegaard, or however you pronounce that. I know I butcher names. Might take time and like watch YouTube so I can get the right pronunciation. But hey, we didn't have time this week. He wants his second straight tour to France and tells his doubters to be quiet. 
but piggybacking on what I just said, how can you, when you know that sport as well as track and field, is always under a cloud of suspicion? And I don't know how you can trust anything to be on the level. And as impressive as I think winning back-to-back -back is in this day and age, yeah, I got my doubts. Big UFC 291 last night, you know, with the uh, you know, Poirier fight and the Poirier loses. We'll talk a little bit more about that in the next episode once we've had time to, like, dissect. You know, um, Poirier was very graceful in defeat and saying that he's won in life. Mr. Gaffier, knockout, impressive stuff there. But we'll break that down a little bit more when we have a little more information. Because we were too busy watching the beautiful game life as opposed to watching UFC 291 last night. Hey, you got some insight on what went down? Love to hear it. FTINFX at gmail.com. All right, we'll be back with a nightfall of diamonds when we come back. Alrighty, Chelsea and Fulham are in full swing. Ha, <laughs> we're in the fifth minute, zeros at FedEx. I said before, always interesting to see people in that stadium. i talk a little bit more about that in the NFL report, but yeah, I think this is just another sign that th things are trending up over in Landover. So, Night full of diamonds. You know I have to start with a hippie reference. Uh, you know, Snooze Factory, the bus is parked. Not sure what Mr. Weir is going to do next. But what we can say is, isn't it fantastic that we have another garden party upon us? What do I mean by that? Y-E-M-S-G, people. How about this fish doing another summer run? You remember the historic run, you hippies out there? that the Baker's, you know, dozen they had. Well, now they're doing seven nights. The first two nights have been pretty cool. Always loved to see Trey, Mike, Fish, and Paige getting the, the spotlight. And, oh, you know, when people go to the Garden, it is a mecca. We'll talk a little bit more about that in the NBA beat. But for Fish, sorry, Billy Joe. Fish to sort of come there and rule the roost, even probably more than the Knicks and Rangers at this point. It's always a cool thing. Okay, enough clowning around. Let's get to it. So, what do we have in the night, the real nightfall of diamonds? Well, in spite of rule changes, in spite of apathy, in spite of not a lot of loyalty and folks bouncing around. You know, taking a page from Ken Burns and company, you can't kill this game. And attendance is up 9%. You say, well, 9% isn't really much. Well, it's the biggest increase since 1998. Heck, even in the Marlins ballpark we were watching yesterday, saw plenty of heads. And so it's a wonderful thing that baseball is experiencing right now. In fact, so wonderful that the, I don't know, what you want to call it, when it comes to Mr. Manfred, 
you know, somebody else that is kind of, you know, when it comes to like Bud Selig, nobody really got, you know, high or low when it came to him, other than the fact that he was basically an owner, you know, running the league. Now that you have, you know, one of his protégés, baseball's healthy. And it's no surprise he's been extended through 2029. Why not? This isn't a situation like Bowie Kuhn or Faye Vincent, who were very despised at the end of their tenures, or someone like Peter Uberop, who was just more of a name glowing after, you know, the success of the 84 Olympics. And there have been significant changes in Manfred's tenure, like him or not. But to me, a 9% increase when there is so much competition from other sports and other platforms to contend with is pretty significant. So, you know, good for him and good for MLB. Okay, how about the Bo Sox and Mookie both expressing kind of this week but having regrets about the deals that sent him to Los Angeles? Well, duh. He was the glue of that team, and they've really failed to move the needle since he's left. So, yeah, I can see that. I mean, you know, as much as I loathe the Red Sox, you know, they are, you know, if there's an America's team in MLB, it's got to be the Red Sox, given, you know, its connection to all kinds of intellectuals from varying fields that, you know, drone on and on about them. So, I mean, I think Mookie is loving it in L.A., but... I'm not surprised that there's a sort of lament there. And you definitely know from the Red Sox, considering that they have been, you know, pretty much mediocre since he left. But I think it's kind of intriguing that now they're all talking about it a few years after the fact. I mean, crap, he's been in L.A. for a hot minute now. But hey, Mookie, as a Dodger fan, we need more from the COVID championship. So... You know, you still got work to do as far as I'm concerned. Okay, we're having some trouble over here. Oh, there we go. Nobody wants to, the, the mouse doesn't want to cooperate. Um, okay, trade deadlines up on the precipice. Angels are going to keep Otani. And, and this is not a surprise. We've been talking about this for weeks. So the day after announcing that, that they want to roll the dice, they're eight and two in their last ten. What does Otani do? He goes bonkers, and in Ruthian terms, in a doubleheader, he throws a one header, and then in the second game has two knocks. What I have been saying about this guy, we're so blessed to be able to see somebody perform the way he's done, especially on the mound and with the stick. What does he? Got 39, 40 knocks right now. Now you have to wonder if it's August. It's conceivable that Judge's one-year American League record of 62 could be in peril. And he's going to have to stay healthy, obviously. He's having some issues with, you know, the blisters and, and whatnot. But the Angels are viable. Like I said 8-2 and two in their last 10. So, I mean, can you imagine this guy hitting, you know, 60 or more home runs? And getting it done on the mound, 
Babe Ruth's even saying, do I have to, like, my, my skeleton has to come out of the ground and challenge this guy? My legacy was untouchable, and this guy is shattering it right before our very eyes. Speaking of Mr. Judge, he returns, and the question becomes, can he lift the Yankees to a playoff run? You know, the Red Sox, the aforementioned Red Sox and the Yankees, sort of, you know, in the rear of the AL, of the AL East. You know, I keep wondering, you know, about why no one's talking about the Blue Jays, who've been very solid, right? Kind of just holding up in the middle there as far as what they might be able to do in the playoffs. The Rays hanging on for dear life as the O's continuing to be the story as far as teams go and leading that division as we head into August. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Speaking of New York, going, you know, away from the Bronx into Queens. Well, <laughs> a big week over here. So that other Mad Max, the pitching Mad Max, Mr. Scherzer, was not happy about Mr. Cohen trading closer David Robertson, basically waving the white flag. And lo and behold, yesterday, Mad Max is on the move. He is going to Texas to join, you know, what the folks in Arlington are hoping is going to be a drive to their first championship. As now they are in the luxury tax threshold and having to pay the big bucks. Going all in. Somebody was asking, well, are they really going all in by giving up one prospect? Like, well, look at who they've signed. And now adding Mad Max, say the Rangers are hell-bent on getting to the promised land. Time will tell. But yeah, that's a big move for the folks deep in the heart of Texas. Okay. Padres, 50-54. and 6-4 and four in their last 10. Are they positioning themselves for a late run? I think so. In fact, if I were a betting man, in the words of Pete Rose, I would bet that they are going to be in the conversation. And should they get in, they will be a tough out. See? That's the beautiful thing about extended, expanded, not extended, but expanded playoffs. And, you know, with two months in the season, all you have to do is just, you know, hold on to the light preserver and when the time is right, get hot. So I would keep an eye on the Padres. In spite of all the shit that I've talked about for them all year long, they're right where they need to be, when they need to be there. Okay. Now, you know, I'm always talking about this week's boil. So this would be the Chicago White Sox. I had higher aspirations for them. But, man, they're like 19 games over 512 back. What the hell is going on there? As opposed to the Cubs, who are one game over and only four and a half games behind the Brew Crew. You know, I, I thought I would be asking, can the White Sox make a run as, a, as opposed to the Cubs? But right now, it's like the Cubs, like the Angels and many other teams, right? With all the wild card possibilities. This is why you have to go give Manfred and company props for making this game a little more intriguing. Okay, that's what's going on in the Dark Star Crashes Nightfall of Diamonds. Tune in to Fish. It's really happening right now. Okay, we'll be back with a beautiful game life on the other side.
All right, welcome back to the foxhole. Chelsea up 1-0 as they're taking a cooling break. Getting ready to drop the flag at Richmond on the short track. Be curious to see what kind of drama manifests there. Just going through, looking for some additional content. And it could be remiss that I see the redhead of the day on Facebook that Fonzie's girlfriend, the legendary Pinky Tuscadero, is 80 years old. Man, we're getting old, folks, if that's truly the case. Wow. All right. Let's talk about some beautiful game life. Obviously, the big story this week is the USA tying Netherlands 1-1. You know, obviously, their dominance in the eyes of some coming to a brief end. I mean, this is the group stage, people, so let's not hit the panic button. The competition's gotten better, as we saw with Colombia's late heroics at the death last night beating Germany. And so it's not going to be a cakewalk if you watched the Netherlands in their previous match. Now, credit that to the USA, especially after Miss Lindsay Horan getting into a little, I don't know, a little contact with her Lyon teammate and getting angry and rising to the occasion. I thought it was a just result. This idea that the rest of the world isn't going to catch up like it has in everything else is kind of naive on all the pundits that, you know, are waving the, the panic stripes the next day. I mean, yeah, there's a, there's a scenario where they could not. I don't think that's going to happen. When I say not, get out of the group stage. That's not going to happen. But it's not, a, it's not etched in stone that this World Cup is theirs. You know, the, the visibility to women's soccer or football has prompted a lot of countries to invest heavily. There's a lot of hungry women that are finally getting their opportunity to perform big stages. So this idea that it's a shocker from any of these teams that rise up, yeah, there's some cannon fodder out there. Kind of shocking that New Zealand won't be moving on. Australia really hanging on to dear life. In fact, Sam Kerr is going to have to return you know, from injury or they could be on the outside looking in. Unlike sometimes where you have, you know, a, a weak host, these teams we thought would be, you know, would make it to the knockout stages. Ha! Okay. So we'll keep an eye on that. You know, USA big match Tuesday night, 10 p.m. Far is going to be killing it. We'll be looking forward to that. We'll have something going on here at the Eagle's Nest, hopefully. So how about Pep? Yeah, that Pep G saying Saudi money has changed the transfer market. Water's wet. Olivia Dunn has lots of fans. Yeah, of course. Of course, Saudi money has transferred this. Have we been talking about this for a while? Yes, things are never going to be the same when you have that kind of money. When you can offer an Mbappe, of, you know, basically almost $400 million to come play for one year. The money they offered Messi, 
I mean, heck, Marco Verratti is even going to be leaving PSG, and I thought he'd be in a PSG shirt forever. So, it's here to stay. It's transformed the landscape. You know, move on and, and, and get over it. We've been talking about this long before anybody else was in terms of the intrusion of this type of capital and wanting to be players. This isn't sports washing, as I've said over and over again. This is about making the cash, and entertainment is the biggest business in the world. Sports is part of that. So it's not surprising to see the money that's being thrown around and the transfer market out of whack. The question is, and will remain for a while, can that Saudi league get to a caliber where they're in the top five? and force its way into some of these bigger competitions where Champions League, you know, or the Club World Cup truly becomes a major event. I'm really looking forward to the 2025 edition that's just going to be here in the States and how that's going to look now that we have all this power moves. You know, speaking of, Messi Act 2, played Atlanta United, scored, what, two goals in 20, 22 minutes? Um, I'll admit where I was unsure. I thought I could go either way, but it looks like Inter Miami is on its way to being a force. We will see what happens now that we move into the round of 32. But what we've seen thus far, buzz on the pitch, financials, you know, the messy effect is working. Of course, it still leads, you know, people like Stephen A. Smith to say stupid ass shit like, well, does it really matter because MLS is a scrub league? No, MLS is not a scrub league. And Messi dominating and bringing some of his compadres over here who still have something in the tank is not a poor reflection on MLS. It just means MLS needs to open up the purse strings, as we've said on this podcast many times, so other people can make moves as well. It, it's a wonderful thing. But, you know, when we talk about the League's Cup, I would be remiss if I didn't mention the VAR nightmare that continues. And if you watch the New York City Football Club Atlas match, where New York City was deprived the chance to equalize and send it to penalty kicks. Okay, whether it was offside or not, you can't take five fucking minutes to sit there and look at every angle. You should be able to make this determination in a minute and a half. In fact, there should be a clock. If you can't figure it out that fast, then you know what was called on the field has to stand. It means it's inclusive. It means it's inconclusive, and you're trying too hard. I mean, the intent I get. You want to make the right call, but there should be some limit as far as how long it takes to make a decision. And that was a pure mockery, and the anti-VAR folks definitely got. You know, their ribeye, mashed potatoes, and a side of shrimp on that one. Okay. You know, I'm always, and I'll bring this up in a minute in a closer look. But it's kind of interesting to see Juventus getting a ban from the Conference League for an FFP breach. And why I say that, and I'll be more into this, because it's Conference League, I get it. Nobody cares about that. But if Juventus was in UCL... More on that in a minute. You know, speaking of the whole messy thing, it is kind of interesting that Mr. Beckham comes out this week 
And he says he envisions a global brand for Inter Miami on the level of like the Yankees have. Well, damn, that's pretty lot. That's pretty ambitious. But then again, when he came over here, this is what was his intent. Is it possible? No. <laughs> it's just not going to happen that way. But will it make MLS a top five league? If they fulfill their ambitions and clubs like LAFC continue on their path, damn straight it will. So, hey, I'm not going to poo-poo anything that's coming out of Mr. Beckham's mouth right now because he has a possibility to bend it on this one, truly. Okay, so PSG lost a friendly in Japan. Looking rudderless. Time to panic? No, it's not. New manager, the Mbappe situation still unsettled. PSG fans, settle down. I mean, who knows what's in store for the future, but I don't think it's time to panic yet. Because we still need some things to figure out. And speaking of, kind of crazy that the Mbappe-Kane situations are still in limbo. Nobody really knows. You've got to think at some point here in the next week or two, because we're, we're two weeks away from League One kicking off and, you know, the big European leagues, something's going to happen here. I, You know, right? And the same with Kane. That's that. It's probably going to come down to the last minute as far as settling all of these affairs. But somehow, I think Mbappe goes to Real Madrid. And if I'm wrong, I'll come out and say it because I really don't know. But I do, and I think Kane stays in, you know, the Spurs right now. Of course, as soon as I say that, within 12 hours, in the next episode, I'll be saying something different. And that's how crazy it's been as far as that situation is concerned. We know this. The Madristas want this drama to be over with. You know, they're wrangling over, what, between $200 and $225 million. Come on, Qatar, you're one of the richest countries in the world. Stop it already. Even if they offer 180 let the kid go. Um, especially, you know, not letting him go to Japan and just sort of, you know, creating a deeper fissure in the relationship. Why let it drag on? Focus on putting together a squad without him. And, you know, when you see all the spider, that's what I would say. How about CP10 and wearing the colors of the Russian R? We got a, uh, a visual on that last week. They started out kind of hot. He had an assist, but they ultimately collapsed in their loss. And now they uh, he they add another American. You know, Mr. Youssef is joining him as well. So it was kind of nice to see a Yankee flavor in Syria. As that league, as we've talked about in the past, has kind of sagged from where it was in the in the early two thousands. So having more American eyeballs and kind of challenging the EPL supremacy for eyeballs in this country is going to be good. Okay. You know, we have, what, United and Wrexham. And for a minute, the Wrexham won 3-1. Then, you know, I found out United was playing the next day. But overall, not bad for Wrexham as far as its visibility and getting, you know, those kind of fans a chance to see them in person. Not a crime. You know, it was a good week, you know, with teams coming over here and doing their thing. As I said earlier, you know, I hearken back to 
when PSG came over to the States and actually played in the Austin Stadium, even though nobody showed up, you know, that was one of the, that was a great thrill. So I don't know when I'm going to get, have a chance to get over to that Paris and go see them play and, you know, line things up and make it worth my while. So yeah, you know, Wrexham being over here is cool. You know, that created some thrills for fans and whatnot. So it's interesting there. Still Chelsea 1-0. We're in the 36th minute and all that good stuff. Anyway, we will return with a closer look. Well, no, we have the NBA beat first because we're jumping jumping order. Talk a little bit about that on the other side. Having a fun Sunday afternoon now. Enjoying our adult Bev. Watching some EPL Summer Series. Got to see the lovely Lady Lowe and Robbie Earl and Robbie Musto. Feeling all good. It's that time of year. But let's shift it over to the hardwood. You know, kind of a, after free agency dies down, Summer League. Kind of becomes a little bit more quiet on that front. But nonetheless, a lot of big news this past week. Jalen Brown agreeing to a five-year, $304 million Supermax extension, making him, at least for now, the highest-paid player in the NBA. It says that with part of that money, he wants to invest in Boston. Kind of curious, considering that Boston's not been a popular place for the brothers as far as, you know... African-American players. Hey, put your money where your mouth is. Maybe, you know, spend some of that to educate some of these idiotic racist fans to not be such assholes. I don't know how you would achieve that, but hey, more power to you. But the real takeaway is, if Jalen Brown is probably the second best team now that we sent Mr. Smart to Memphis for Mr. Perzingis, he's not the best player on this team. Jason Tatum is. Jason Tatum's up for cash next year. So if Jalen Brown's going to get $304 million, what is Jason Tatum going to walk away with? Man, sucks too many of us lost out of the genetic lottery, huh? Or at least we didn't have offspring that want it. Okay. So the Joker is sitting out of the worlds, citing fatigue. Can we blame him? After the spring that he just had, why waste your time, especially when they're going to force you to do this in-season tournament? Enjoy your best life. you got your racehorse, beautiful wife and kid, and all that kind of stuff. No need to, like, flex at the world's... You've already you know, earned your stripes, as they say, Joker. Okay. The, the Dame Dallahalla saga. Yeah, we're going to bring it up one more time. And the truth is, why is he only choosing South Beach? Why won't he open the options up? In fact, the NBA issued a warning to him, basically saying, you know, this idea that if you were traded to somewhere else, you may not give, you know, 
They've come out and said, we will deal with you harshly if we hear comments like that. I have to wonder how that would be enforced. But the point being is, even Mr. Silver is like saying, if this is going to happen, let's stop fooling around. Let's get past any potential tampering, hassles, or whatever the case may be. And open your mind up a bit. I mean, the, you have the Mecca. They'd love to have you. I mean, that's, I mean, I was joking about fish being, you know, more of a more of a buzz than the, than the Knicks and the Rangers. Well, that certainly wouldn't be the case if Dame Dalla was in the, one of the most famous arenas in the world. There's obviously Brooklyn. You know, there's the L.A. teams. Can you imagine them, you know, playing for the Clippers? All I'm saying is, I get Miami's pretty formidable. You got Riles and Spoles, great, you know, tandem to work under. So I see the attraction there. But if they're not willing to make a deal that is favorable to the Blazers, who are just not going to let you go for a bag of chips and a 7-Eleven hot dog, don't limit yourself in a box. I'm not going to say you've crossed the Rubicon with the Portland fans. I think all would be forgiven if this ends up that you stay in Portland. As my man Christopher Nkuku scores a second goal for Chelsea in the 41st minute. At PSG laments letting that guy go. But sorry to get sidetracked. But yeah, I mean, why limit yourself? Open up some possibilities, huh? And I wonder why the Knicks are never a number one destination for potential free agents. It makes no sense to me. If you're a marquee player going to the marquee market, why... I've said this in the past, and you know I have. Look at all the giants, football giants, who've gone on their lucrative careers because they became a toast of the town in New York. Look at Mr. Strahan and the empire he's built. The gift before that. Even Eli, you know, yeah, he's got two rings, but let's face it, his career was definitely not what his brother's was, all because in New York. And how these dummies don't realize if you win in New York, you are so set for life. And just and I know working for the Dolans isn't the easiest proposition, but overcome that and just become, you know, king of Gotham. I don't understand it. I thought another interesting thing that was dropped this past week, Mr. Ty Lu claiming the 01 Lakers are the best team ever. We're going to have to do a segment in the upcoming weeks when it comes to great teams because, yes, the 01 Lakers were very formidable. You know, kind of at the end of that great run they had, you know, when you get in 2000, 2001, and 2002. So I think that was a great team, but I'm pretty sure, you know, the 86 Celtics. 87 Lakers, 71, 72 Lakers, right, have something to say about that. Or the 82, 83, 76ers in terms of one season. So we'll have to set up our bracket and pose that question. Who was the greatest one season team? Don't forget about the Warriors or the Bulls teams that won 70. Yeah. 
great debate. Maybe we'll get somebody on here that knows more basketball than I do, and we'll have it out. Then you have Jeannie. Oh, Jeannie, Jeannie Bus. You know, already disappointing me choosing Jay Moore for your, par your partner. But that aside, you coming out and saying LeBron's jersey will be retired when he's done playing. Hunt, just because he won a COVID championship and he passed Kareem, that ain't worthy of hanging up at the rafters of the crypt. I'm sorry. He's going to have to do a little bit more than that to get his jersey retired. Are you fucking kidding me? Yes, right. I'm going to say it again. Are you fucking kidding me? Better put Derek Fisher and Horry's jerseys up before that clowns. Now, you know, and I've learned to like LeBron, but this idea that his jersey should be up there and we're contemplating whether it should be both 6 and 23, absolute hogwash. Do I have to drop another F-bomb? Oh, my goodness. How about Kevin Durant's weed admission? Is it a surprise? Yes and no. No, because as Jim Rome used to call it the JBA long time ago, everybody smokes fucking dope when they are, you know, entertaining themselves with the fair sex as these guys love to do. Sorry, I know that might be a lie, but am I lying? And playing Xbox, of course they're sitting there fucking hitting the herb. But this mama's boy lighting up a little bit of the endo or some fine purple hair scents. Yeah, it is kind of a surprise to me. I'm like going, your mama, yeah, you're lighting up when your mama's always around. Come on, man. It was a trip seeing him out at commander's camp this week. You know, like everybody else hopping up the bandwagon. Okay. How about Kyrie? Oh, 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 oh Kyrie. Balling out in the Drew League. Yeah, I take that with a grain of salt. But the point is, it seems like his head's in the right place. Which poses the question, could we see a resurgence in his career trajectory now that somehow he didn't get moved and he's kind of kept his mouth shut this summer? Maybe. Time will tell. Okay, latest power rankings. Yes, there are power rankings. You know, you got to have the post-free agency and draft. I'm kind of curious about this. No shock that the reigning champions are one. The Bucks being two. We've all talked about if the freak is healthy and obviously bringing Middleton and uh, Lopez back. Change of coaches and stuff like that. Sure. Boston at three, I guess. I mean, you know, Persingas for smart. You know, my man just got paid. I don't know if they're three. The Suns are four. A lot of questions there. The Heat at five. I can see the Heat at three. Even though, yes, they were a play-in team. But I think that's more of an anomaly. But I'm more curious about the Clippers being 11. The Kings, who were everybody's darling at 12. Kyrie's Mavs at 14. And the question marks surrounding Zion and everything else. The Pels are 17. Well, you gotta have something to talk about in the offseason, and boy, these power rankings definitely leave that to be desired. All right, folks, that's what's going on with the hardwood. A closer look when we return.
All right, cold chilling in the foxhole. At halftime at FedEx, Chelsea's cruising. Uh, since I'm over in A, I don't have the other monitor up so I can see what's going on on the track. You know, right? The Hall of Fame game is next week, so pretty much this weekend, next weekend. After that, it's a whole new ball game. You know, a lot going on in the foxhole. Looking forward to all kinds of cool stuff as we move towards fall, hopefully professionally and podcasting-wise. Exciting times here. Get that good karma. Tell your friends to, like, tune into the podcast. Get some good energy there. Really make something happen with this. But it's that time to editorialize Opinionate you know, do our thing. Closer look. So, let's start off with to give back or keep it all. What do I mean by that? Big story this week, A-Raj. Giving back, what is it, 33 to $35 million restructuring his deal. And, you know, we had players like Ryan Clark among them coming out saying, No, dude, why do you, you don't never do that. Well, 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 let me see if I can add my perspective from the foxhole on this. He's made a lot of money. He's not an idiot. Yeah, it's a big number, but it's not like he's going to be eating ramen and Vienna sausages for the rest of his days, okay? I mean, Brady, who always took less and seven championships later, could take a $30 million loss in crypto and still be living for large. I don't think it's a horrible thing. And with A-Raj and his one ring, as we've talked about many times about his legacy, you see that certain people who say he's a bad man, the greatest thrower of the football, he needs more rings for his legacy to truly be considered elite. I'm sorry. You'll never convince me otherwise, and people who know the NFL agree. Now, there are some people who have some weird fascination who say, well, rings are everything. No, they're not. But they are the measure of success, whether you like it or not. And when you have all the playoff failures, and they have been colossal failures, I might add, and once again, him being in Gotham, as I talked about in the previous segment with why people should be going to the Knicks, if you win in New York, and as big as the Giants are, the Jets winning and going where Broadway Joe did. I mean, Broadway Joe is still iconic for what he did in 1969, otherwise having a career with bad knees that there isn't a lot to talk about after that historic win over the Colts in Super Bowl Three. So, Rodgers being able to take the Jets to the promised land, taking less money, I mean, it worked well for Brady. I always feel that's been one of the shortcomings of LeBron, giving some money back, especially since you are a billionaire, to get a chance to cement your legacy. You'll never pass Jordan, but at four rings, now you've got to deal with Curry, and you need some more jewelry to your collection. Why are you not taking less? 
especially when you have so much. You know, and with, I give Rodgers props in this regard. Give yourself a chance to win. The ability to go out and add that extra piece like a Dalvin Cook or something like that that can get you over the top. Makes sense, don't it? I mean, you know, if you're not an idiot and you've already made 100 mil and you still have 75 million to earn, you're not going to go broke. So, and what does Herb Edwards say? You play to win. Call me crazy, call me whatever, but that's just the way I see it. Okay. Point number two this week. The bigger you are, the more Teflon you're protected with. Let's start off with, like, Tennessee. Right? I thought I talked about this last week. Let's bring it up again. The fact that they can challenge Georgia and Alabama. NCAA, toothless is, is, sure, they'll take their cash, but they're not going to preempt any opportunity to make revenue by excluding them because of all the eyeballs that will, would be on them if they were to make an improbable run and get past Alabama and Georgia. I mean, you see this far too often now, and that's why I'm laughing. I said earlier about the whole thing with Harbaugh. I mean, yeah, a four-game suspension. I mean, if you really had teeth and this meant something, you'd make sure it extends into the conference. These non-conference games where a proxy can definitely man the will and given the talent that a team like the Wolverines have, it's not really punitive. And so it's kind of like, yeah, okay, we're going to do something, but we're not going, hopefully you don't fuck it up so you get in the way of us making money, right? Even looking over as far as, the, uh, you know, not the Premier League, but La Liga. And, right, UCL. Somehow, Barcelona involved in all kinds of doo-doo. Well, we're going to, you know, what was was the word they use? You know, we're going to preliminarily leave them in the competition for the conversation. Bullshit. I said earlier about Juventus, nobody cares about the Conference League. Because of shenanigans, they didn't get a chance to be eligible for Europa League and obviously UCL. So taking them out of the conference league, you can make yourself look like you're doing something. But do you really believe if Juventus was in UCL, they'd be excluded? Hell no. And that's why I'm looking at Barcelona like going, yeah. You know, in spite of not being able to land Messi, they still have Liwa. Still pretty formidable, as I forgot to mention that, you know, they had a Classico over in the U.S. yesterday where they destroyed Madrid. There's too much money involved to exclude them. And it's just like I said, the more powerful you are, the more Teflon that protects you. Which makes it just almost ridiculous that there are infractions in NCAA. In oh, adult beverages must be working. And... In UEFA, it's, it's, it's absolutely ludicrous. I mean, you basically, like with PSG in Manchester City, basically being run by oil co- countries, doing whatever the hell they need to to keep a competitive 
product on the field. So yeah, I mean, if you have the ability to generate revenue for the powers that be, it's not even a slap on the wrist. It's more of a sod to to justify the existence of these so-called governing bodies. And, you know, I would say it was a mockery or a travesty, but entertainment's about making money. So, I don't know. I guess you want to leave some semblance that, you know, there is some morality and authority that governs these sports, but it's just, it's, it's a farce when... Come, when it comes down to levy punishments, well, we'll take some money and a fine, but we don't exclude you from any competitions. Just saying. All right, that's a closer look. We'll close it out with the NFL report and some TMCA time on the other side. Enjoying that adult beverage, we forgot to like push the slider down. Episode one sixty eight, number eight of season six. Have us a good time doing this podcast. We have our ups and downs. Sometimes we don't have our A game. Sometimes we do, but it's all about consistently bringing you content every week and having fun. And as long as this is fun. I'll keep doing it. Tell your friends, let's grow this thing. And I really encourage you to like step up, be a guest. We'll have a blast. Okay. The Hall of Fame game is a week away, which means that journey begins. What is it going to be like 103 or 104 for the No Fun League? All kinds of stuff going on. A lot of scary stuff as far as teams and their Dreams do hold the Lombardi in January or well, February now, really. Joe Burrow going down with a non-contact injury, something with his calf, could be out, maybe miss the beginning of the season. Kind of weird, big money coming up for him, but they have to protect him. You know, because obviously without him, they ain't going anywhere. Miami's Jalen Ramsey goes down with a knee injury and some freak contact. Had to have surgery, not season-ending surgery, but he is probably going to miss some substantial amount of time. Uh, Cat from the Saints, Taurus Triceps, he's done for the year. I mean, this always happens. So, but nonetheless, the impacts that it have that 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 they have for particular teams, it's always very tenuous moment at the beginning of the year. I'm ready for the Hall of Fame game. And you're already sitting there trying to figure out, heck, how are we going to survive, you know, weeks one through five, you know, with key components going down with injuries. Yeah, this preseason should be crazy. Okay. So a lot of talk about the running backs. It's ongoing. You know, obviously, Saquon and the Giants coming to terms this past week 
Some folks torn on whether this was good or bad because the Giants can still tag him. But what I really like were some of the more astute folks out there calling it for what it is. They're the running backs in the league, the players, I should say, in FLPA, just changed membership. I mean, not membership, but leadership. DeMarcus Smith out. I forget who's taking over. But in the last CBA, we've talked about when it comes to CBA time, how these guys don't want to miss checks, and they're easily led back to the bargaining table, more often than not, in an unfavorable position. And what's going on with the running backs, and what probably happen to receivers next, is more talent that folks come out there. If you do not solidify your position in terms of protecting running backs, receivers, linemen, at the bargaining table, you can't cry after the fact. You, didn't, you, you listened to your baby mama about missing checks, and you couldn't deal with the consequences of that, and this is the reality that you're dealing with. Not rocket science here. You know, if you want more, you know, stability in the way of guaranteed contracts, you got to, like, hold on as long as possible. You know, give baseball credit in the terms of that, you know, they set a long time to avoid having a salary cap imposed on them. You know, it, the owners kind of fought back by bringing in cheap Latin labor, but that's another conversation for another time. Point being is, you had an opportunity to protect yourselves. And I'm not saying you're wrong because nobody wants to go without a paycheck, you know, per se. But when owners, as they always will do, find ways to get the parts that are needed at a price that's fair to them, you shouldn't be surprised. And crying and whining about it, well, okay. So, speaking of running backs, apparently Ezekiel Elliott, he's visiting the Pats. And I think that could be an interesting fit if he's hungry, becoming a bell cow for the Patriots and Mr. Jones. I told you about Mr. Cook going visiting the Jets, folks at Jets camp chanting his name. Now that A-Rod has freed up money, or A-Raj, I should say, that could be a very formidable thing. If you're running back and you've got skills, patience is the optimal word of the day you will fit into somebody's plans because it is still about getting that ring and making a little money along the way. Okay, how about Dak talking big, talking about being hungry, talking about shutting up his doubters, but at this point, can anybody take Dalik serious? No. Don't talk, Dak. Go on the field and prove. Some of us were always skeptical when you stepped in for Tony Romo as a fourth-round pick out of Mississippi State. Played way over your expectations. Jerry paid you, and you know, like he did with Romo. And Jerry always pays his people. So I don't know 
with the money you have if you're really that hungry. Other than the fact that people are kind of calling you a bus and you're like, no, I ain't a bus. I am all that. Hopefully it's more about proving you're not a bus. So, but right now I'm just like, you know, talk's kind of cheap. You know, Jalen Hurst is just like saying, nah, dude, it's about me, Dak. You know, in fact, while you're out in the lobby, Dak, can you go get us some Dunkin' Donuts? You know, some of that fire-roasted coffee? Okay. So, as I'm looking at FedEx filled people in there, and now that the dust has settled, and, right, Josh Harris is firmly cementing his feet as the new commander's owner. You know, the whole name talk's making me nauseous, but we'll, we'll skip that for a week. But the message that he's sending out there is very interesting. You know, already ticket sales are up, training camps a buzz, and even the players, they say there's another bounce in the step. You know, which really gives you an indication that you know, you already knew this, but I'm just telling you as a fan how, you know, the specter of removing the stench of Daniel Snyder, amazing just overnight. And I like how aggressive this ownership group is in terms of putting it in your face. That, hey, a new day is occurring as far as the Washington NFL franchise is concerned. I mean, wins and losses will prove it. Because one thing we know about one of the saltiest fan bases in the league, yeah, they're doing a jig right now because Snyder's gone. But if this is another, you know, 3-14 campaign, which could easily happen, you know, you'll see how quickly that fan base gets back to what is done since 1991, bitch and moan about everything. But for now, the message that's being sent it's very positive. It's refreshing to see. You know, we talked about in the last segment, Rogers taking the $35 million pay cut. The Jets get some cap relief. And, yeah, if they go out there and do what they need to do, they, I may have to, like, take a step back and, and really look at them as being a serious contender. Then you've got Sean Payton going all in with his criticism of Hackett, rightfully so, the job they did in 2022, but just scorching everybody, including the Jets, and it just makes my head scratch. It's just like, bitch, you've only won one ring. You walk around like Lombardi. Now, if Lombardi had came with that kind of arrogance, given what he did, you know, in the early to mid-60s, I'd say, okay, or Bill Belichick later on, or Bill Walsh, but you haven't... You don't have the clout. There's plenty of people who've got one Lombardi trophy, right? I mean, Don McCaffrey ha has one as well, right? We never heard about him after the Colts won the 71 Super Bowl. What was that? Super Bowl five. So I don't get going scorched earth. And the whole thing with, with, with Hackett, sure, it was a dumpster fire. But put that aside. That's where they brought you in here. No reason to pee all over, over the fact 5 and 12 speaks for itself. Of course, he had a lot to say about, what is it, Ioma Uzriki, okay, we're going to try pronouncing that, being the latest to be yanked for betting on games. And 
you know, he kind of like dropped the fact that, hey, man, I think the NFL should relent, you know, and really look at its gambling policies. Are you fucking kidding me? You know, I love it when people, because it affects them directly, start asking that question. You cannot let people bet on games. You have a short window, especially the NFL, to make as much money as you can. And there will be plenty of time to give a little away after you're done. It's an integrity thing. Sorry. I mean, there's, there's no compromise. There's no, right? There's no, there, there's no gap that we can sit there and go, well, you know, gambling will be allowed on uh, the fact of the, the various elements that could use that loophole to do whatever nefarious things to affect outcomes of a game. The idea that people like a Sean Payton who fucking should know better or even hinting that because they lose one or two key players that are too stupid to realize their livelihoods and the integrity of the game are all in jeopardy if you allow even the slightest hint. You're in bed with gambling partners and you're making money Live with, that, live with that hypocrisy, but don't sit here and give me some bullshit about, well, maybe we should allow them to gamble somewhat. Maybe if it's not their own team. No, that's why Pete Rose is on the outside looking in. Are you fucking kidding me? Oh, man. I know, that's a lot of F-bombs in this episode. Okay, then you have the Bills, Naeem Hines. Now, he got he he's out for the season, I guess, because... Uh, some jet ski accident where supposedly a jet ski clipped his knee. Although many people, myself included, are dubious of that account. And a team being a team could have said, we're not going to pay you. And him coming up with this half-big story of how it occurred. Well, I don't have all the evidence. You know, but I'm just thinking if it's inconclusive, I'm going to have to side with the team because it's more than likely you were doing something stupid. And it's hard for me when y'all are making that kind of money and you put yourselves in a position of peril when it comes to that money for me to have any sympathy. Now, if it was a fluke accident and you can prove it, more power to you. But what little I know suggests otherwise. All right, folks, let's roll it out. That time, get the stainless steel bowls of the smelliest varieties ready. It is TMCA time in the foxhole. You know, complimentary regular and XL sizes for people whose shenanigans or beer themselves during the week earned them that particular distinction. Where shall we start? Well, 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 we're going to start with the Colorado Buffaloes. Flexing, leaving the Pac-12. Why are you? Why is Ken giving the Colorado Buffaloes three XLs for doing absolutely effing nothing to help the Pacific Conference? There's a lot of ballyhoo when you brought the Utes and them into the conference. The Utes have more than upheld their end of the bargain, and now because you've got some HBCU former NFL hero. It's got some buzz to your program. You think you're the bell of the ball? Shame on you. 
And this idea that there's some price asset. I've seen Folsom film the facilities. You know, the improvements that have been made are window dressing compared to what you see in true elite programs. So, yeah, I'm going to have to, like, say three XLs. I'm going to give Zion two XLs. Yeah, I know, Zion, you're starting to, you know, you're not in A-B territory, but you're making quite a career for yourself in TMCA land. Stiffing a tech company on a $2 million loan? Wow, he's like, nah, man, thanks for the cash. I ain't got to pay it back, man. Fuck you guys. Yeah, I know, a lot of F-bombs this week. I guess the uh, adult beverage system must be kicking in or something. But seriously, stiffing a tech company that said, yeah, man, we'll float you some cash, you know. You, we know you're good for it. And be like, yeah, I might be good for it, but that doesn't mean y'all are going to give it back. Wow. I'm going to give two XLs to Sean Payton for, call, uh, for being that guy. Why are you calling up the Jets? I get the whole thing with Hackett, as I just mentioned. You know, I'm not going to say that was out of balance, but calling up the Jets, focus on getting the Broncos back to respectability. Yeah, don't you know? Don't be worried about what other people are doing or saying. You know that whole creating bulletin board material when you don't need to. What the hell is that all about? Okay. I'm going to give three XLs to the clowns from Orlando City. Yes, that Orlando City MLS club to deface the messy mural in Miami. Come on, people, be better. Just make a TFO making fun of them. You don't have to deface somebody's hard work. I mean, what does that really achieve? Come on. Gee, great. We're going to give an XL to... Former Cornhuskers tight end coach Bob Wager getting canned after a DUI arrest. As we say on this podcast, ad nauseum. Uber, Lyft, your mistress, your wife, your daughter. Call somebody and pick your drug ass and take you home. Why put your livelihood in danger? I like my adult beverages as much as anybody. I guarantee you if I was in a position you know, of authority or position that was lucrative, you wouldn't see me on my scooter all I have I'd call an Uber. Two XLs for Stephen A. Smith. Really, dude? We all have our opinions about Kimmy K, her mom, and the rest of that flock, but you can't be saying what you said this past week. What is the point? Plenty of other low-hanging fruit Without getting into that whole sexist, you know, misogynist territory. Stop it. You know, <laughs> there are billionaires in their own right. However they got there, they got there. Take it out on the public that allowed them to become, you know, the mega colossus that they are. Got to give, and I'm going to give the commanders, you know, right, for one, for firing the guy for their broadcast crew, let me see if I can bring this up here. It was up here a second ago. Maybe I lost it. But basically, one of their announcers called one of the sideline reporters Barbie Girl. Blondie, obviously. Now, yeah, I don't even know how that's out of line. Blondie bl is blonde. It's the biggest movie 
in the country right now, you're going to, you know, and if he talked about, you know, the kind of naughty things he might want to do to the sideline reporter, that would be one thing. But getting canned for Hey Barbie Girl, nah, that's two XLs for sure. Okay, lastly, a five strip for the COVID whack jobs. Using what happened to Brawny as another reason to, like, spread your wing and say, see, see, see. You have no idea what's going on with Brawny. And to sort of use that as another example of spreading your weird bucket nonsense, uh, just so odious. Yeah, it, I'm just like, well, as I said earlier, well, all you 18 and 19 year olds, isn't it weird? As long as I've been alive, people have had heart issues from, from birth to in their 90s. I don't think it's anything different other than the fact that because you folks are so against it, you'll use any time this happens. I mean, it's okay. So what happened to Reggie Lewis and, and Hank Gathers? Well, even though it wasn't from the jab, it's because that kind of thought was out there and that's why they had heart attacks. I mean, you know how nonsensical that just sounded? That's how nonsensical a lot of your... BS that's coming out of your mouth, attributing anytime something happens to somebody that's heart-related, that is related to the jab. All right, folks. 168 in the can. Yeah. Hopefully 179, I mean 169, 170 on will be even more entertaining. Tell your friends, have a safe week, enjoy the adult beverages. Enjoy the rest of the summer sun, and we'll see you within five to seven days.